Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Worth to Wealth podcast. And today I'm excited to have with us Miss Tamika Isaac Devine. Um, and Tamika is a work life integration strategist. And Tamika, please just share with us a little bit more about you and who you are. Of course. And thank you, LaShonda, for having me here. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on this thank wonderful you. podcast. Um, so as you mentioned, yes, I am a work-life integration strategist and leadership mentor. Most people are like, what is that? What do you do? Um, I am professionally, I am a practicing attorney with my own law firm. I've been practicing for over 20 years now. I'm also an elected official. I'm an at-large member of my city council here in Columbia, South Carolina. And in addition to those things, I am an entrepreneur. I have um, a real estate investment firm, as well as I uh, do public speaking, coaching, and consulting with my business called the Possibilities Institute. And with that, I work primarily with women leaders, professional women who are working moms to help them with work-life integration strategies. Because over the years, I've found so many women have uh, felt like they had to sacrifice an amazing career to have a family or vice versa. And over the years, as I've been excelling professionally, as well as being an elected official, I would always have other women come up and say, gosh, how do you seem to do it? You run all these businesses, you're elected official, community advocate, but you know, you're married, you have kids, and you just seem to do it all seamlessly. And what I learned because of all that is I don't do it all seamlessly, but what I do is I have strategies that help me manage my life and live it the way I want to. And for many, many years, I felt like I think society has taught women that we had to sacrifice. And so what women were missing was that mentor or someone who could help them with strategies so that they can excel in their career as well as, you know, have a happy, healthy home life. Uh, when I say a, a, a divine life, a life they deserve. And, good. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do that. Um, and I, I love doing that and helping women kind of figure out what works for them so that they can have everything that they ever wanted. That is good. Um, and, you know, you've said like a mouthful and I have so <laughs> many questions and I'm sure that everybody else probably has so many questions. So just going back a little bit, um, well, one, you know, you are an attorney, you're a public official, a mom, wife, you have a real estate investment firm. Um, what did I leave out? You're a mentor, coach. Um, yeah. a whole lot, a whole lot. <laughs> so you are definitely the one to talk to and speak to us about work-life integration, but we know that obviously you've had, you've evolved over the years, I'm sure, um, with that. And you just didn't show up today as a work-life integrations expert. So take us back to, um, share with us a little bit about your journey and what you learned. I know you and I met in a mastermind years ago. Um, can you believe I, I was looking at pictures uh, recently? It's been four years. Four years. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. That, that, a long, look, a long four years because look <laughs> at where we are now from where we were, <laughs> where we started exactly. out back then. And I think, I don't know if you and I were in the same session. I think you came probably the one behind me, but, um, that's what no, we were, well, we, we went to a field of conferences together, yep. but, um, that was at a time when we were basically, you know, trying to take what we were doing, our work, you know, working in what I know I was, 
you know, taking all of the different things that we were doing and trying to figure out, okay, now, how do we um, mesh that to do it in a way, you know, that allows us to monetize everything that we do to allow us to um, love definitely all that we are doing. Because when you are at, when you're working in a nine to five and you're working in the business and you know, you're grinding it out. Sometimes it it takes you into like this abyss to abyss of where it's just all work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that it sort of like removes the passion that because we love the work. I mean, I love my work, income taxes, everybody, you know, they don't think it's sexy. I think it's sexy, but (laughs) you know, I love the work, but back then it was like, okay, but how do I figure out a way again to put it all under the same umbrella, one to brand me and not just uh, make it a job, a J-O-B and all of that. So I know that you were able to do that with what you have. So can you share with us your journey in doing, doing that? Yes. Yeah. So you know, I was, I was practicing law full time. Um, and at, and as an elected official and being at having, you know, being a full-time attorney and being a, a mom and a, and a wife, people would always ask me, like I, they asked to speak at women's conferences all the time. People would say, Hey, can you come speak? And I was always on these panels that were titled something like how to have it all or work-life balance. Um, you know, how to get work-life balance, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. One of the times I, I would always be asked the questions, well, how do you balance it all? And my answer always was, you know, I don't because I, there is no such thing as balance. What I do is I, I practice work-life integration. I figure out, you know, how can I um, bring in everything that's important to me, everything who I am, the brand of Tanika, and pull that under one umbrella so that I'm being true to all aspects of me and what's, what is important to me. And it was interesting because um, then I, you, where you and I met first was, you know, we, we were talking about building our businesses, but it also had a whole speaking component. Right. And at, at the time. Monetizing uh, we, we, what you do. That was the ex- other stream. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, hearing, um, you know, the facilitator and the coach talk about, how do you, you know, what do people come to you about? Because what people come to you about all the time is your, that's, that's the problem that you solve. And yes. you've got to figure out what problem do you solve for other people. And I just went there really to figure out how do I monetize my speaking? I'm being asked to speak all the time. I'm, I'm, on, I'm asked to speak and I get paid, you know, a fraction of what, you know, other speakers there get spoke uh, uh, get paid and it was because they had a speaking business so I really went to try and figure out how to create a speaking business for myself but what I learned through the journey of building my uh, speaking um, part of my business was that I had to first figure out what it, what would people pay to come hear me talk about what would people pay to have me teach them what problem do I solve and so it was really one of those aha moments of that's the problem I solved because if people kept coming to me over and over about the same thing, how are you a wife and a mom and a, you know, business owner and right. a, a community advocate, how do you do it? I figured there, that must be the problem that the pain point that people had and the problem that I could solve. So over the last few years, kind of my journey was, okay, that's the problem I solve. How do I best serve? 
um, the women and men, because I have men who, who ask that question as well, mm-hmm. that come to me, how do, I, how do I best serve them? Is it, you know, speaking? Is it providing coaching services? Is it working with uh, corporate, which I do a lot of that now to help them figure out how do they design policies, you know, using my legal hat and my work-life integration hat, um, how do they design policies that support their employees? And so my journey really kind of evolved as to first identifying what problem do I solve? Where is my expertise lie? What do I do uh, fairly, you know, um, you know, intuitively for me, but other people can't seem to do it. And then how do I figure out how do I transfer that knowledge, that experience, that, right. that expertise to something that is digestible, manageable to them so that it addresses that pain point in their life so that they can have the life, like I said, that they desire and they deserve. And that's different for every person. Correct. And so mm-hmm. part of what I do is I help people figure out what is that for you? Because what it is for Tamika might not be the same as it is for LaShonda and vice versa. So how do I help you figure out what that is? And then how do I help you figure out the strategy to get that with integrating everything in your life so that you're not sacrificing one, one thing over another? And so it's been an interesting journey. Um, and like I said, I, my business is, oh gosh, my business itself, actually now think about it, my business itself is six years old now. Uh, because I started the speaking business in 2014. Um, But I realized in late 2015, early 2016, where, um, where God was really pulling me and and sharing this part of it. And so over the last four years, really, I've worked to hone in what services do I do as a work-life integration strategist? And what does that look like? And then how does that number one, how do I monetize that? So that I actually have a viable business. But number two, like you mentioned um, earlier, and, and you talk about with, with this podcast is how does it actually create the happiness, the wealth inside of me that satisfies me and gives me the joy so that it's not just, you know, a way to make money or not a, just right. a job, but it actually is a calling and something that God has, you know, called me and, and equipped me to do. Right. Um, and so, and with that, a question came to mind. How is it that how is it that you are able to maintain your traction and everything without you know feeling having burnout or getting stressed out? Even though we, I mean, that's a part of it. But how do you manage that? So for women who are, um, I know, like for me, I reached out to the mastermind at that time because I felt like I had done all that I could do. Um, and that, you know, it was like, okay, how can I take this to another level? What, what more do I need to do or can I do? And so that, that's what took me to Georgia because I didn't have that and didn't find that in Maryland. So then you have people who may be working by themselves or they're at a point that, okay, I need to do something different. I don't know what that is um, or what I can do. So what do you advise or recommend to the ladies, what well, ladies and gentlemen, who come to that point in their business, um, in their career, and it's like, okay, how do you pivot and change to something else? Mm-hmm. That's that's a great question, and I think for most people, it is um, again playing to I think societal expectations and not being true to your own expectations. That's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I I mentioned my brand is a divine life 
and my, my website, my blog, everything is titled A Divine Life. Of course, divine is my last name, but divine also stands for, it's an acronym for doing everything victoriously while intentionally navigating expectations. And what I mean by okay, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So it what I mean by that is you have to be intentional about everything that you do, and you have to be able to navigate expectations, expectations that you have of yourself, right, and expectations that other people have of you. And it's funny because what you know what I do is, you know, like I said, I've been practicing attorney for over twenty years. At this point, I am phasing out you know, the law that I do, although I have, you know, run a, still run a very successful practice and still plan to have that, but not, I don't want it where it requires me so much of me personally, so right. much law firm, so that I can do my passion, which is really growing the possibilities as to working more with, you know, professional people, working parents to help them not only raise our next generation, the folks who are going to be, uh, who are going to be taking care of us when we get older, but also being happy with their life and not feeling like, you know, I have to just be, you know, mom or dad, um, and not have a great career. So that's why that is, speaks to me. I'm very passionate about that because I'm very present in the life of my family. Um, but when I started, you know, started doing more of this, people were like, Hey, you're an attorney. You got, you're still paying student loans. <laughs> I am. I'm still paying student loans mm-hmm. from law school. And mm-hmm. people are like, you're still paying student loans and you're, 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 you're a successful attorney. Why would you, you know, why would you not go try and be a judge or something? Why would you kind of branch off and do something totally different? And what happened really was I, I, I still love being an attorney and helping people, but it's not fulfilling me at that point. And so I had to recognize instead of, you know, being content with what society's expectations were. Well, if you're a lawyer and now you're kind of getting tired of being a lawyer or it's not filling you anymore, then go be a judge. That's the next thing you should do. I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. I love the the elected official part, which is natural. You know, a lot of, of lawyers go into a public service, but also I really feel like there's something else I can do by being a speaker and a consultant and a coach. And I had to realize that my pivot to do something else was not saying I was unsatisfied with my life or even was it even to the point where I had to do what other people expected me to do, but it was something that I want to do. So I think that's to your, to your original question. I think that's the point that most people kind of get stuck in. It's like, if they feel, if they start feeling, you know, kind of stressed out or feel like, you know, Oh, I'm, this is what I'm doing. Um, instead of pivoting, like you, you said, instead of pivoting and figure out what makes me happy, where, where's my joy going to come from? What is the next natural thing that I'm being called and pulled to do? They feel like, oh, okay, no, I got to stay here because I got to have a, you know, a good nine to five job. Right. I got to have something to pay the bills or I have to do this, you know, and you go for what is expected of you versus what you're being called to do or what um, you are being led to do. And I, I really truly believe that God places things inside of us and it's for us to act on. And if we choose not to act on it, we're not being obedient to where he's called us to be. We're just settling. And, and I think that's where a lot of folks get tied up. Right. And I don't, um, that's one of the points that I want to drive home to the listeners of this, of this podcast is that 
you don't have to just stay in the nine to five thing or you don't have to abandon the nine to five thing, but you know, you can still monetize that same skill set that you're using there and the knowledge and everything that you've gained and just you, you can monetize that on the outside, which helps to one, you know, that gets you more to um, getting involved in your, your passion and your purpose Two, that monetizes what you do, which increases your wealth and gives you options. And then you're basically uh, creating your own economy. Like now when things happen and things changed for those who were, which now for those who are listening, this is during the COVID-19 just in case, but you know, this is um, a time when some jobs shut down. So if you weren't um, connected or with the government or any of those organizations that are essential or that can that could afford basically to keep you on and maintain your pay during this time, then you were forced to figure something else out. Um, and obviously, thankfully, they provided, you know, a source of income through the unemployment or whatever, but still, that's basically putting you in a box and they're giving you a certain amount you know, but if you were monetizing or if you're able to monetize, which everyone's able to do it, but if you just stepped up and stepped out and monetize you and who you are in that same skill set that you're using, then you basically have options and you've created some other things. And I, I really hope throughout this this um, COVID-19 and with where we are right now, that that really mentally helped, you know, some of our women to see, oh, okay, yes you know, especially those that I've been preaching this to for years that yes, oh, definitely, this is what I need to do. And I hope that they are working it and doing that now because there's no better time than the present to do that now. Um, And then you also touched on being fulfilled in what you do, which is a part of it as well, because at some point, you know, doing what you've always done, that newness wears off. And you have to, in order to keep it fresh, because we are, we will be working until we're dead and gone. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you're living and if you're trying to live your best life, you will be working, you know, until you die, the day you die. Um, so it's like, what is it? How are you going to be fulfilled? How are you going to maintain that? You know, and how are you able to, again, provide for you without, with, you know, with taking the limits off? you know, for you and your family and doing all of that. But again, being in entrepreneurship, the other side of that is we get caught up and we start comparing ourselves to others or you limit yourself because you think, you start thinking that you have to look like what they're looking like or you have to do the same things that they're doing. And you're just caught up in looking at it because, you know, for whatever reason, your um, creativity has stopped or cut off. And then it's like, okay, maybe I need to do this. I need to do that. But when you are doing you and when you are branding you, like that's the magnificent thing thing about that because you can make it whatever you want it to be. You can create it to be whatever you want to create it to be. And there really are no limits to that. I mean, and you can just go every which way. And as we've seen, as we see that you've done, you could take it, you know, a whole lot of different avenues and and to keep that going and moving. And um, And it's also about, you know, you you talked about um, the the newness and it's it's not even 
it's the newness, but also about the growth. I mean, the thing about it is yes. we're, we're human and, and part of us evolving is having growth. And so to grow means you're not supposed to stay in the same place. You know, God didn't create you to just be, you know, ordinary. He, he created you to stand out and step out. And part of that is doing something different, even if you are happy with where you are. I mean, I'm happy being a lawyer. I love being a lawyer, but it wasn't the only thing that, you know, God had for me. And that's why, you know, the, these other opportunities presented itself to me. And I had to be willing and ready to step into that. And people also need to realize that it may not be completely clear and transparent to you when, when the opportunity is presented to you that this is what the, the one that God had for you, but you also have to reflect. And part of the COVID-19 thing, I think, is part of us standing still and reflecting and figuring out yes. what is it? What is my next for step? Sure. And, and what does God have for me? And I think people have to realize, I mean, yeah, it's, it's financially tough for all of us right now, but I will say that- right. If, if it weren't for the fact that I had other businesses, uh, if I had to rely on one of my things, me and my family would be in foreclosure right, right. now. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, between the real estate and, you know, the, the speaking and the corporate contracts that I have, you know, well, a perfect example, speaking is dried up and people aren't having events. So I had speaking events, even, you know, one scheduled for, for next week in LA. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a pretty good paycheck that I'm going to miss. Right. But I had to pivot in this time, but because I had other things to rely upon, that wasn't the only thing. So we, we got to figure out how do we, number one, utilize opportunities to be, and recognize them as opportunities for growth for us, but yes. also how do we build um, those multiple, people say multiple streams of income, um, you know, a, 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 another mastermind of sister of ours, um, LaShawn Holland yes. calls it, um, Rivers of revenue, and I use that now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, rivers I want some streams. rivers of revenue. Yes. Yeah, because because streams not streams, streams but rivers. So yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> streams dry up, so I want some rivers. Shout out to Lashawn Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, and that was the thing because again, um, great. You know, I'm grateful for my job. You know, well, one of my jobs, but I'm grateful for um, also having the nine to five. That's still essential. Um, but at the same time, you know, I knew as well because of the other things that I do and I've done, it was like, okay, I still had other options. So even if that happened to have been one of the things that, um, stopped or was cut off, you know, not that I would not have had to say, okay, where am I now? What am I doing? You know, and have to, um, be get myself unstuck you know mentally from where I was because of what just happened to us all of a sudden but I would not have been like in this total frenzy of okay now you know am I not gonna have any money what am I gonna do because there were other options for me that I've already put into place and I built in you know to allow it to happen and then instantly because of where we were in entrepreneurship i was like oh okay you know then let me do this which it hence the podcast and all of that <laughs> i was like well what can i do now our checklist is never ending you know so <laughs> it was like okay what i need to knock off now you know but that still called for me meditating getting my mindset together getting my plan together figuring out okay what, what do i need where do i start which all of that is included. So that's not to say to anyone that you will not still have hiccups, problems or whatever with that. It's not to say that entrepreneurship is for everybody, but 
my thing is just having options. And one of those options is, you know, having another um, stream of income, having other revenue streams and options to do. So it was something I wanted to ask you when you um, do. Oh, this was what I wanted to ask you about. So what is it that I guess you've implemented during this time of business that you weren't really comfortable with like for me videos really aren't my thing i know you're the, you're the live queen you'll jump on in a minute even if that was not you obviously you've gotten over that hill so um and speak you know when we talk about integration you do that very well you're even in the kitchen there with your kids cooking and all that <laughs> so you work all of that in so how how did that uh come about or what are some of those things that you know you just you were just um fearful of or either procrastinating on, but it's like, okay, now I just had to just get over it. You know, I, that's an excellent question. The things, and I, I, I acknowledge that I'm still working through it, but I've gotten mm-hmm. a lot, lot better. So one of the things is during this, this season that we're in, and because so many people are in, like I mentioned, you know, the, my primary business model for the Possibilities Institute is speaking. You know, and so I, I had already really planned that 2020 would be my year to, to make, you know, multiple six figures okay. in speaking. Um, and so that the coaching, the social. Just in speaking. Be, Y'all hear yeah, that? Yes. yes. <laughs> and so the, the coaching and the consulting was going to be just gravy on top. It was like, you know, it would be just extra. But my, you know, the, the plan, the, um, the budget, everything that I had planned was up that, around the speaking. And so COVID-19 happened and it was like, you know, of course, everything stopped, you know, and it was interesting because even the week before everything kind of the bottom fell out of everything, I was just um, in uh, Las Vegas at a conference and we were talking and I was talking to some folks about some upcoming speaking engagements and they were like, oh, that's what you do. We would love to get you. So I was like, you know, at, at a conference pulling in speaking engagements for other conferences later this year. So I'm like, okay, this is mm-hmm. good. And, and I had already pl- plotted it out that in January of this year, um, my husband and I, we did the Daniel fast. Um, this is the second year we did the Daniel fast, but part of when we did the fasting, you know, I was asking God to really reveal, you know, where I needed to be. And so I really was feeling like I was on cloud nine. I was feeling really good about the plan I had for the year, the opportunities that were coming. I was getting the speaking engagements that I weren't, wasn't pitching to. So things were like, yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking. You're getting wow. This. You were not pitching to, <laughs> but you were getting. Okay. I, yeah. And that's what I really wanted. I had claimed, I was like, I don't want to have to be, you know, knocking on doors and Hey, can you hire me? You know, I want, I wanted that in inbound, you know, inquiries to come. So I was doing, doing well. And then, like I said, then this happened, you know, started getting emails, expected them, but started getting emails that, you know, sorry, this conference is canceled. We're going to have to postpone it till later in 20, you know, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I have planned around. And instead of staying still, I was like, okay, I got to figure out, you know, how do I still generate income for the possibilities institute right. because my overall household budget, my multiple streams of income, you know, I need to bring in a certain amount um, for the real estate. I need this. I need that, you know, so I there had, had yes. all my goals. And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And, um, and so it, it shifted me back to doing more of the, the actual coaching, which was, 
I really tried to get out of the coaching just because for, for various reasons. Number one, because um, for me, I am such a giver and I love what I do, um, but my time is very valuable. And um, when I was coaching, I was doing more one-on-one and that model just doesn't bring me the income that I need. And, and so I kind of got out of coaching because I don't like that whole, you know, you hire me and then I got to collect my money and, you know, and be fully right. transparent and honest. I was not the best at that. And so when I had to figure out how do I keep the possibilities as to going um, and the speaking is dropping out the bottom and I need to go back to something that I can do from the comfort of my own home while everybody is under stay at home orders, mm-hmm. of course, then it was going back to that coaching. And so I had to go back to putting myself out there as a coach and getting on the phone with people and, um, and being able to at least um, lay out to them the value that there is in investing in a coach, a leadership mentor, a strategist, someone who can support you in getting to where you need to be. And I'll be honest, like I said, that's just been the, that's always been my least favorite part of this business. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I have I've had to do it, then yeah, that's the thing that I've gotten better at um, during this, this, um, you know, this quarantine time is being able to um, get on the phone, get in front of people and talk to them and, and be able to explain to them the value, not of paying me to help you do something, but the value of investing in yourself and getting somebody who can support you to get to what you need to have. Right. And so, um, although that's been my least favorite part of this business, it's been a part that I've had to get good at over the last couple, well, last six weeks, because I've had to be able to um, keep my business going. And I, it, it's funny because after I kind of got over um, saying, oh, it's not my fa- favorite part and, and, and realizing that it's not about selling myself or convincing somebody that they need to pay me to do something for them, but being able to have a, a conversation with someone and just saying, look, over the years, and you talked about my journey over the years, I've invested Invest. in coaches and strategists that have helped me get where I need to be. Yes, yes. And I've had people who've been watching me all this time and said, wow, Tamika, you know, I saw you on CNN and I saw you do this and I saw you hanging out with, you know, this person. How did you get to do all that? And I was like, all that's been part of, you know, my journey at building the brand of Tamika Isaac Divine. And, and it came brand. at a price, you know, yeah, in more than one way. It came investing at a price. Yeah. in me, investing in me and my future, not paying this coach or this strategist to do this for me, but right. investing in me. And part of that investing in me and my business was hiring, you know, that, that expertise I needed to help me figure out how to get there. And so that's what I've been able to do over the last couple of weeks is, is be able to um, be, get better at explaining the value of that investment and the value of getting somebody and whether, you know, and sometimes I get off the phone with people and realize that it's not really going to support them to invest in me and invest in themselves by hiring someone like me to help them because they would prefer to have something else. And that's cool. But after that conversation, the aha, I get it that they get the value of invest self-investment. And that's right. why I've gotten good at it is being able to do that. And it's, it's, it's a mindset of, of saying, 
you know, as a business owner and someone who wants to create wealth, as you talk about, mm-hmm. um, there's a price to work for me, work with me. Um, but that price is not paying me. It's an investment in the client and the service that I'm providing them is a the support that they need to get that life that they desire and they deserve. And, um, and I will say, you know, God has been good over the last week, six weeks. I've, I've gained more clients than I ever had when I was actually actively saying I was going to do that just because I've sat still. And then I've had to, I've had to work it from my house and because it's been a necessity is something that has um, actually happened and and come through. So it's been exciting too. Right. And as um, a business and a business owner, you are providing a service just like any other business um, provides that they partake of in the same way. So it's like once we are able, you know, to see that for ourselves and then able to project that, you know, and um, able to speak to that, that's, that's what, you know, goes over well with the clients and received, you know, that's when it's able to be received by them. Like, Oh, okay. I get it. Okay. You know, and some, for some, that's the first conversation that they've had. Um, with anybody, you know, serving in that capacity or whatever. So it's just at the same time helping them to understand, you know, what you do, how you provide it, and then what all is involved with that so that then they're able to still see, able to see that monetary value of that. Yeah, exactly. Sign me up. So with home, what are some other integrations that you've done with your family um, with the business, I know that um, Jamie works with you. You all have your, um, what is it, when you speak with the couples or go to the retreats? Mm-hmm. Well, you've had a retreat, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, um, so we do. Um, your baby wrote a together. book. I mean, which I know that's her thing, not integrated necessarily in yours, but we know you work with her, but, you know, your baby wrote a book, yeah. Yeah, it's all under the Possibilities Institute. And so part of what Jamie and I do, my, um, my husband and I, we do, we do facilitate marriage uh, conferences, marriage retreats. And so that's been fun because we get to spend some time together right. as well as do that. Um, and then we have a web-based show called Date Night with the Divines where we okay. interview other couples. Um, and as we interview other couples, we interview them about life and marriage and um, how, how do you both support each other in your professional endeavors, but still find time, you know, to date each other. Um, and so that's been fun to have that project together. Um, and then, yeah, our, our middle child, our nine-year-old has, she has a book, a bestseller book, and she also has a t-shirt line. Actually, uh, today I'm wearing one, right. of, one, of her, one of her t-shirts. This one is, it's actually, so I can't it, see. it's, a, mo- it's mm-hmm. a mother-daughter t-shirt line. This one that I have on today says, um, she gets it from me, and her shirt says, I get it from my mama. That's cute. That's <laughs> cute. Tell her so, I say congratulations. That's cute. Yeah, so that's been fun. And then She's really, starting out early fun. with monetizing her work. Listen, she got it early. That's good. It is, and I'll tell you, that's something I talk when I speak primarily for, for female audiences, but that's when I speak. I, I how old is she? People, how old is she? She's nine. Nine, okay. She's nine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's 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 a dynamo. She's talking about writing her second book now. But what I, I tell people all the time, you know, again, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest lessons or, or, or points that I make when I speak um, is when we, particularly as moms, because really dads aren't expected to do this, but we as women, we uh, sacrifice moving towards our professional goals or stuff that we want to do because 
we have young kids or we can't afford it because we got to go on and pay for college or all these things that we tell ourselves we can't do something right. because, you know, because our kids, we're actually hurting our kids because what we're doing is we're showing them that they can't have everything that they want. Although we tell them as they're growing up, oh, you can be That's anything good. that you want. You can have anything you want. And to me is a perfect example that for, for my daughter, I don't just tell her that she can do anything, but because she sees me doing it, then and mm-hmm. it, tell, it shows her and models for her that she can do it. And so, yeah, at nine, um, you know, she has, you know, is a best-selling author. When she wrote her first book, she, she, after I wrote my second book, she was like, mommy, I want to write a book. And you know, kids tell you stuff all the time. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cute. Right. And I was like, I was like, sure, baby. And then, you know, but she kept, <laughs> she kept asking me, she didn't forget. And she's mm-hmm. like, mom, so serious. I want to write a book. When are we going to wow. sit down? You're going to help me write my book. And so then I was like, baby, you start writing and you tell mommy what you need and I will be there. And she did. She started, you know, and like some days she would say, I need you to type as I tell you what I want. Okay. Some days she would write it out <laughs> herself. And then once she had her, her book done, you know, I sent it to, you know, another uh, mastermind uh, classmate of ours, Fred Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, who oh, Mr. Jones, Fred Jones. Yeah, Dr. Fred Jones. Dr. Fred Jones. <laughs> I, sent it to, I sent it to Fred and he found an editor and an illustrator. We got it published and she had a little book tour. Like, I won't say little. No, I will not. She <laughs> right. had a book tour last summer. Um, and then right before Christmas, then her next idea was the t-shirt line. She was like, um, we were, we had, Beyonce came last year. And so we had shirts made for a Beyonce concert. Okay. So me, her, and my other daughter had matching shirts for the Beyonce concert. And so then Jay was like, mommy, I want us to have more matching shirts. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want? She said, I think we should have cute mommy daughter sayings. And I was like, okay. And so she came up with them. So the original t-shirt line is four pairs. It's, um, there's a mama shirt and a daughter shirt. And there's four different sayings. Like one is, mom boss one's girl boss one is mom power one's girl power then this one i told you i she um i get it from my mama and it says she gets it from me um oh, we gonna buy all of those but they're perfect and it, it, it it's about women's empowerment girls empowerment but it also is it, it just was really something that she had an idea and i supported her but the idea came from the fact that i've never put limits on them i've always right. told them you know, as long as it's nothing crazy, whatever, if y'all want to do it and mommy and daddy can support you, we're going to do it. So again, it's, and and then ultimately what is done is it's continuing to build the family business. The possible, all this is under the possibilities Institute. And again, if you go to our website at divinelife.com, all of that is on there. And it's just a great opportunity to, to expand our wealth and building, not just not just, you know, monetary wealth right now, but building a family business and building generational wealth so that, you know, not only is she learning at a young age, but then I'm sure her children will will learn at a young age as well. Right. And from the integration standpoint, it's helping them to see or it's giving them the, what is it? Not the vision because she had the vision obviously and she executed, but it's helping them to see that it's not just you just being busy and working all the time, but by including them and, you know, integrating it and by her also having her business or whatever, look, she's just as busy and she's working too, you know, just like you are. So she understand it and they get it. 
Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely, it's, it's about the whole concept and understanding. You know, I get probably the, in my top three questions I get from women um, when I'm, you know, strategy sessions, people who are first reaching out to me to talk about me working with them and stuff, <clears throat> they'll talk about mom guilt. And they'll ask, well, how do you overcome mom guilt? And I, and I tell them, you know, I think mom guilt, it, it's a reality for all of us because you can't be everywhere all the time. Right. But one of the things for me is, again, going back to that navigating expectations, we as a family, we talk about what mom has to do, what dad has to do, what the kids, you know, what their expectations are. And so if I am traveling, like I mentioned, if, if things would have went the way they were supposed to, if COVID-19 didn't happen this year. You would have been this, back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By this time last, by this time this year, I probably would have been gone at least probably 10 times, you know, flying here yeah. and there and doing mm-hmm. different things. And when I'm not here, yeah, I'd love to be with them, but they also understand because they are part of my business and they see what I do. They understand why mommy can't be here. Why mommy might miss, you know, parent night at school. Because, you know, she is, you know, she's speaking somewhere Mm -hmm. or, you know, she's at this, you know, National League of Cities conference or whatever. And they get it and they understand it. And um, I I tell this story in my book, but um, my oldest, she's now, um, she's now uh, 14, but uh, my oldest, um, she's, well, I've been elected almost, almost 20 years. So I've been elected the whole time that they've been born. So they, Mm -hmm. they've only known me as an elected official. Um, but you know, that, that is very taxing on my time. And I remember it was one election where I was not on the ballot and I made a comment in front of my oldest and I said, yeah, I said, Oh, it it was election day. And I was like, Oh, it's so good to have an election day where mommy's not on the ballot. So I can just kind of sit back and watch like everybody else. And I'm not running around shaking hands. And so she said to me, she said, mommy, she said, what, um, so you're not running again. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, baby, I'm running. I said, yeah, no. I said, I'm just not on the ballot this year. My term's not up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. And I said, well, why? I said, are you, um, I said, would you be disappointed if mommy didn't run? She was like, yeah. And I, she said, kind of. And I said, well, why? And she said, because she said, mommy, I like that you're on city council because you really, and I said, well, why do you like that I'm on city council? She said, because you really help people. And I like the fact that people um, say my mommy is, you know, my mommy is a public servant and she helps them. And that clicked to me that, you know, although sometimes I did have mom guilt because I was traveling and doing things. But they understood. They understand. She got it. And And it wasn't a discussion we had. Yeah. So it's it's communication. Communication goes a long way. Yes. And including them that way as well. Yeah, that is great. So you have shared a whole lot with us, and I, I I thank you once again for accepting our invitation to be a guest on the Worth to Wealth podcast. Um, but as we go out, just give us uh, two two to three tips, or you know whatever it is that you feel um, led to share with the ladies, with ladies uh, and gents. I forget we can't leave. <laughs> I guess the first one to to the whole title and, and premise behind the uh, the podcast is um, wealth is not a negative thing. Wealth is not only about monetary wealth, but it's about, you know, the, the happiness and the joy that you have in your life. And in order to, you know, money um, is a means to an end. I tell people it's a way to help you get those things, whether it is giving back to your community or you know, helping you support the programs at your church or whatever, you need money to do that. And so recognize that 
you know, building wealth is something that is, is, is a good thing. So that, that would be my first tip. And tie that into the worth. So what does worth to wealth mean to you? I meant to ask you that. Yes. So to me, worth to wealth means is that you have everything that you need already in you and you can take that, what you have in you and your talents right. and, your, and your treasures and everything else. And that can turn, you can monetize that and turn that into wealth. Right. And again, you monetize that, turn that into wealth, monetary wealth, as well as wealth of, you know, joy and, and fulfillment and everything else. So that is definitely a tip. And then I guess the last tip would just be as far as, um, going back to my tagline, a divine life, you know, everybody, you know, God wants his children to be happy and he wants you to have the life that you desire and that you deserve. And the question is, what are you willing to do to get that life? And part of that is stepping out on faith. It is stepping outside of your comfort zone and really working towards getting that divine life. And, you know, if you reconcile yourself that that's something that you that you deserve then you can get it done that's good and tell them how they can reach you and connect with you okay well my website is a divinelife.com and divine is d-e-v-i-n-e life.com that's my website there you can uh re watch the shows date night with the divides you can read my blog and you can also sign up for a complimentary strategy session if you do want to talk about you know how i can support you in getting your divine life um and then i'm also on all social media at tamika isaac divine um i'm on twitter linkedin facebook um instagram and youtube all right Thanks again, and thank you all for listening. Um, thanks again for listening or checking us out on this edition of the Worth the Wealth podcast. And we do look forward to sharing with you again on our next podcast. See you next time, or you will hear us the next time. Mm-hmm.